0: Hello, I'm Jeff. My wife and I host Message of Hope. Message of Hope wants to be your weekly inspirational, motivational, and non judgmental friend to help you through your week as we share Bible truth and life experiences to let you know you're not alone. Let's join Sandra to see what message of hope she has today. Hey, I'm Sandra, and today we're finishing Do You Really Know the Ten Commandments? This is part 3 and the final episode of this series. Okay, the 10 commandments are found in the Bible, of course, and we've read all of them in episode 1. We discussed the first four in detail in episode 2, and today we will discuss the last six commandments and talk a little bit more about what they're telling us. As mentioned before, the first four commands tell us who Jehovah or God is and how he wants to be worshipped. These last six we're covering today. Show us how he instructs us to love and treat others. Okay, we'll start with commandment number five. Respect your father and your mother so your days are prolonged upon the soil which Jehovah your Elohim is giving you. Did you notice this one command comes with a promise? A promise for a longer life on earth for respecting your father and mother? Even Jesus, Yeshua, obeyed his earthly parents In Luke 2, the story when his parents had left him in Jerusalem, they thought he was with them, but was not. And when they went back to find him, he was in the temple and his mother scolded him for worrying them. But it says he left with them this time and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Jesus obeyed his heavenly father as shown in Matthew 26, when Jesus said, my soul is sorrowful, even to the point of death as he urged his disciples to watch with him, as he was about to be betrayed and wanted to pray to his heavenly Father. And when he did, he said, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now that is the ultimate example of being obedient. Solomon urged children to respect their parents in Proverbs 13.1. He says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And in Proverbs 1.8 and 9, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Proverbs 30.17 says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Colossians 3.20 Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, most of these verses use the term children obey, but I want to point out that we are all children of someone regardless of our age. So, if you're at odds with either of your parents, it'd be wise to get that fixed. Okay, number six, do not murder. Exodus 23, 7 says, stay away from making a false charge. Don't put an innocent person who is right to death, because I will not consider innocent those who do such evil. Romans twelve 19, don't try to get revenge for yourselves, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, revenge belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. 1 John three eleven 11-12 This is the message that you heard from the beginning. Love each other. Don't behave like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he kill him? Because his own works were evil, but the works of his brother were righteous. Also on murder in Matthew five twenty one and 22 it reads, You have heard it said, don't commit murder, and all who commit murder will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. I don't know about you, but this one hit me hard. If I'm mad at anyone, I'm in danger of judgment from God for it. Can you say ouch? Matthew six fourteen and 15 says, If we forgive others when they sin against us, our Heavenly Father will also forgive us. But if we don't forgive others, our Father will not forgive us. To the extreme that Matthew five twenty three and 24 says, If you are bringing a gift to the altar like your tithes, and remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go your way, and first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. So, it sounds to me like God doesn't even want you to lay gifts before him, which are your time, your talents, or your money. If your heart is not right toward anyone, or if you know their heart is in danger because they have something against you, okay. Again, I thought I hadn't killed anyone, so I was okay. But we see here that murder can be more than just killing someone. Number seven: Do not commit adultery. First Corinthians six fifteen and sixteen says, "Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself?" Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in her body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. Proverbs 6.32 But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Matthew 5.27 You have heard that it was said, don't commit adultery, but I say to you that every man who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay, did you hear that? If a married man or woman looks at another person lustfully, they have already committed adultery in their hearts. What do we do about this one, you may ask? Well, we find the answer in 1 Thessalonians 4 it says it is god's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in a passionate lust like the pagans who do not know god who are pagans you might ask yourself basically a pagan is a person that is not a believer in or a follower of christ so if we are believing in and striving to follow jehovah god we need to learn to control our own bodies so that this is not an issue. And if Jehovah tells us to do it, then that tells me it's very doable. God would not instruct us to do something that is impossible. This leads me to believe if we're being lustful towards someone, then that's a choice we're making because we don't want to be obedient at that point in time. Am I right? Number eight, do not steal. Luke 3.14 The soldiers asked, What about us? What should we do? He answered, Don't cheat or harass anyone, and be satisfied with your pay. Habakkuk 2, nine says, Doomed to the one making evil gain for his own house, for putting his own nest up high, for delivering himself from the grasp of calamity. Leviticus 19.11-13 You must not steal, nor deceive, nor lie to each other. You must not swear falsely by my name, desecrating your God's name in doing so. I am the Lord. You must not oppress your neighbors or rob them. Ephesians 4.28 Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work, using their hands to do good, so that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Huh. That's interesting. You should no longer steal, but instead work to have something to share with others. So, this sounds to me like stealing is an issue of the heart and one of being greedy to have more to store up for ourselves, whether it be from need or greed or fear of our own rainy day. But God says you should earn your pay honestly and work hard in order to have something to share with others. Something to give away, not something to keep. Boy, howdy, that's a new concept from the one the world keeps, isn't it? I gotta be honest, I need to do some reevaluating here because when I think about my house and how full of stuff it is, upstairs and down, and I think about how many people are renting storage units these days to keep even more stuff for themselves, many times things they won't even be using or need, I think we Americans just love to have stuff. And somehow, we have a misguided comfort in having things when God said our purpose for having things is so that we can share with someone who doesn't have those things. Seriously, something to think about. Matter of fact, let's not just think about it. Let's take action. I challenge you to go to your kitchen cabinets this week and pick out at least one bag of excess food and take it to a local shelter or a food pantry to help feed others who are less fortunate. Or let's get in our closets and clear out at least one bag of clothes and donate them. If you do this, let me know what you did and where you did it, you know, the city and state, by commenting on this post, as we'd love to hear about your dedication to letting go of things as Jehovah has instructed us. Okay, let's move on. Number nine, you do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Bearing false witness means to, like, falsely speak in a manner to lie or to deceive somebody, to speak unjustly about them, and maybe um, hurt their reputation. And Proverbs twenty-four twenty-eight says, don't be a witness against your neighbor without reason. Don't deceive with your lips. Don't say I'll do to them what they did to me. I'll pay them back for their actions. Proverbs 14.5 A truthful witness does not lie, but a false witness spews lies. Proverbs 19.5 A false witness won't go unpunished, and a liar won't escape. Ooh, back the bus up. This is another one to think on. A liar won't escape. I'm asking myself now how many times have I told that little white lie or exaggerated the truth when I was gossiping about someone who'd done something against me or I just didn't think was right but I justified it to myself. Father, forgive me. And number 10. Do not covet anything that belongs to another person. Not a house, a wife, a husband, a slave, an ox, a donkey, or anything else. The dictionary defines covet as yearn to possess or have something, a desire, a want, a wish for, a long for, or thirst for the wealth of others. We find in Ephesians 5 5 Because you know for sure that persons who are sexually immoral, impure, or greedy, which happens when things become gods, Those persons won't inherit the kingdom of Christ and God. Proverbs 21, 25, and 26. The desire of the sluggard, and the definition of sluggard is just a person who's sluggish, a do-nothing, a loafer, an idler, or a bum. So it says the desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. All day long he craves and craves. But the righteous gives and does not hold back. Micah 2 2. The oppressors covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them away. They oppress a man and his house, a man and his inheritance. James 4 2. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. There it is again, guys. We desire for, and we covet things. I urge you again, let's get rid of some things this week. I think the scriptures I'm about to read sum up what we've talked about today and is great food for thought. James 4, 3-17 You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people! Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But the good news is he gives more grace. Therefore, it says Jehovah God, opposes the proud do not speak evil against one another brothers the one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law but if you judge the law you're not a doer of the law but a judge there is only one lawgiver and judge he who is able to save and to destroy but who are you to judge your neighbor come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there And this last verse I'm reading shows the importance of Jehovah's Torah. It's the instructions for us, the way that we are to live and love and worship Him and treat our fellow man. Romans 7 7. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. If it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin, for I would not have known what it is to covet. If the law had not said, you shall not covet. To me, this is saying it's very important to know the whole Torah, the first five books of the Bible, in order to get a complete understanding of the laws, the instructions, and the commandments, in order that we will know what sin is so that we can do as much as we can do to avoid sin and to not be disobedient to Jehovah, and thus bring death and destruction upon our own selves because of our ignorance to it. This is why I wanted to share this series. If Message of Hope can help even one person to be introduced to our Savior, an eternal King, that would be truly amazing. Truly. That's all I have for today. We would greatly appreciate it if you would come alongside us and share the good news with others. And that's possible. If you'll like, share, comment on our post because that's what causes them to be found and heard more easily. If you want to contact us or have a prayer request, you can do so at com And let's don't forget that challenge to do something for someone else this week. Be sure to comment and let us know what you did and what city and state you gave in. Before I sign off, I'd like to say a prayer over you that was given to the sons of Aaron to bless the children of Israel. It's found in the Bible in Numbers 6.23. I pray right now the Lord blesses you and keeps you, that he makes his face shine upon you and is gracious to you, that he lifts up his countenance on you and gives you peace. Until next week, Godspeed.